Hello, entrepreneurs, dreamers, business owners, and happy people with high hopes. Welcome to Cash Flows with your host, Cash Matthews. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is Cash Flows with your host, Cash Matthews, and we're doing things just a touch different today. My name is Kenneth Bauckham, the uh, producer of this fine episode um, and our other episodes as well. Absolutely. But Cash, yeah. Doing a great job. Yeah. So what are we, uh, what are we doing today, sir? So, so today, um, I've really just got one burning question. I want to kind of figure this out and, um, I felt like our listeners would love to hear this too. So I thought I'd, let's just record it. Let's okay, record it and we'll... do this for everybody. So I know you've been in business a long time, right. doing a lot of different things, you know, primarily finances, but right. this other stuff too, cool stuff. And I just thought maybe you might like to talk to us and, and, uh, and I know you've given a talk similar to this before, Sure, yeah. but tell us. Why is it all worth it to you? That's such a good question, Kenneth. You know, um, we were doing this, we were doing a, a meeting for a large group of people and it was the night before and my wife, Katie and I were settling into bed and, uh, you know, we were at a spot where this work was, uh, because we wanted to do it mm-hmm. and, uh, we were getting ready to go to bed and she said, you know, is, is all this worth it to you? And I thought it was a really great question at a really great time. And I said, mm-hmm. you know what, let me, let me think about that for a little bit and I'll answer you tomorrow. And, uh, she went to sleep and I stayed up and jotted down a few notes yeah. about why the endeavor is worth it to me. And, mm-hmm. um, and it just became this talk that, you know, a lot of people have enjoyed called the nine reasons why it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I thought maybe I would just zip through real quick and tell you those nine reasons. Cool. Let's do it. You okay with that? I'll allow it. All right. Very good. Well, uh, thank you to my friends out there in cash flows land. And, uh, you know, business itself has its own set of challenges and, uh, you know, from what it, what you do for a living and how you do it and how you balance your life and keeping your health intact and dealing with the money. And often it can be overwhelming and that sense of overwhelm to some people kicks them out of the business and whatever that beautiful dream or goal was often dies. And, uh, you know, I just don't want to go to the grave with the music still in me. And that's always been, uh, you know, my motive is to go do what I can do at the time simply because I can. There are so many that cannot, those who've passed on, those that live in countries that are oppressive and, uh, but we can, and I can, and, I wanted to just share with you, and I've just got a few notes that I'll share about why to me, it's one guy, that this endeavor, the struggle, the work, the effort, the disappointment, the unbelievable lows and the incredible highs, why all of that is worth it. And for me, the very first thing, why it was worth it, and by the way, these are not in any order of significance or importance. They're all important. These were all equal nine things for me that made this thing worth it. And number one for me was my kids were watching and they're still watching. Uh, my children today are 25 or 24 and, uh, 15 and they're watching, you know, I was, uh, down at my daughter's house. Uh, She lives in another city and I've never really told her, here's how you keep goals. Here's how you make things happen. Here's how you create a primary objective. But I, I went into her bathroom and there on the mirror, she had all of her goals written down. She had everything written down about what was going on in her life, positive and negative. And she kept like a daily log of what was happening. 
And I was never so proud as I was that time of my daughter, Audrey, who had simply watched me live my life. Because writing in a, you know, in a dry erase marker is something I've done as far back as I can remember. And whatever I'm working on, worried on, dealing with at the moment, it's on my mirror in the bathroom, even today at the age of 62. So number one reason why it's worth it for me is my kids were watching. They were learning from me. They were watching me respond, which is why we have to, you know, behave in a certain way that we don't fly off the handle. But my kids were watching. And society says we need to educate our children. And by being self-employed, we are educating our children into a much different life. And to me, this is the big leagues. A lot of us fantasize about being on a sports team or, uh, you know, maybe being some type of athlete. Uh, but this is the big leagues, this thing that we call life. You know, in the big leagues, there are about 800 people that play on major league baseball teams, 800 out of 320 million. The odds of making it to that big leagues are very low. But this is the big leagues of life. And our children are watching all of us perform on the grandest stage, the stage of life. And we, you, me, we get to take a swing. And it's just up to us. So the first reason was my kids were watching. Uh, the second reason, and this is why I need Jesus, uh, is that we have a chance to silence our critics. And there's really two sets of critics. They're the ones that are outside, and then there's the one inside. But I want to talk about the critics that are out there. When I started my business at the age of 20, uh, man, a lot of people made fun of me. I didn't know much about business. I wasn't much to look at. I didn't have a lot of experience. I didn't have any money. You know, nothing about me said success. I had a briefcase and it was usually empty or maybe a sandwich in it. And my friends would go, oh, look at Mr. Big Businessman. And that hurt, you know, to be honest, it hurt my feelings. Uh, you know, these things bothered me. These people that I thought loved me literally didn't support me in the, in the business endeavor. And it bothered me. You know, maybe you've had somebody not support you in your business endeavor. Or maybe you've been in a few things and they're like, oh man, here we go again. You know, I'm trying another deal. Well, you know what? Bring it, man. It's, you know, if, if the first deal didn't work, try again. Uh, you know, we're not always here to perfect some other thing. It's to find the thing that's perfect for us. And a lot of times in business, people will try something for a year or two or five and it doesn't work. And is it okay to move on? Absolutely. You know, the very first company that I was with in the financial industry, the person running it had been with another company prior. Guess what he did with that company? He quit. And we go around criticizing quitters. Sometimes we're just making changes and we call them quitting. But man, number two reason for me was to silence my critics. And I had a lot of them. I had lots of critics coming up because everybody wanted me to follow this food chain of mediocrity that, you know, go to school, get a job, go to college, get a good job, get security. And to me, I was not chasing security. I was chasing liberty. And in this world, you'll either have security or liberty, but you rarely have both. I just wanted liberty. I wanted the freedom to wake up when I was done sleeping and the and the ability to go to bed when I was done being awake and to hang out with people that I liked and people of my choice and do things that I chose, not that were chosen for me by an employer based on how much they paid me. Absolutely, I needed to silence my critics, my external critics. But then I had to silence my critics inside. You see, business most often is just a self-development program with a wonderful compensation package attached 
through the very backside of it. You know, in business, you go through these three stages. You go through starvation. And guess what's going on then? You're starving. You're not making any money. It's a worry. Uh, step number two is getting by. And step number three is overpaid. And uh, But during that that very early period, I had to silence my critics and they were everywhere. It was my family, but none of those critics were bigger than myself because I remembered all my failures. I remembered all my past. I remembered all the injuries. I remembered not finishing things, not completing things. See, that's what I had in my mind. That was my scoreboard was a 20 year old who didn't really care much about school. A 20 year old who didn't really care much about statistics or calculus in college. You know, I was, uh, I was like, you know, C's and D's get degrees, but still, man, it was embarrassing. And I recalled all of those things in my life. And I had to silence my critics outside, but those paled in comparison to the critic that was on the inside. And uh, man, that's one of the reasons why it is worth it to go through the process that you can forgive you from who you thought you were. In this life, most often we are worried about what we think we aren't rather than what we actually are. And it took me a little while to get in tune with that. But the second reason why that's important is I get to silence my critics. And here's the big thing. Yeah, they're out there. Don't ever let them be right. You're the one that gets to choose and has the ultimate say-so in this debate of whether or not you can do it. You alone have the ultimate choice in whether they're right or whether they are wrong. And let me tell you, you get to silence your critics. You know, I had my 40 year reunion at high school a couple years ago and some of the people that were critical of me because I had a bicycle BMX racing career and uh, it ended up being something very, very special. And those people that had criticized me greatly, uh, you know, came up and said, oh, we always knew you could do it. And I am just not the guy to let that pass over. I went, that's not true at all. You gave me mountains of crap. What are you talking about? That's not true. And uh, yeah, silence your critics. And once again, that's not the right way to go about it, but that's just the way I went about it. The third reason for me why all of this made sense was you get to be paid what you're worth. Early in your entrepreneurial career, you may not be getting paid very much. That's the most ordinary thing in the world. Why? There's so much to learn. You've got to learn about your craft. You've got to learn about marketing and taxes and setting appointments and follow-up. And sometimes it's so daunting that, man, you look at it and you don't even have any idea how you're going to make this thing work. How am I going to figure all this out? But you just stick with it and you keep limping forward and you stumble forward. And, you know, in football, as long as you stumble forward six or eight feet at a time, and eventually you'll score a goal. You'll score a touchdown. Uh, but you get to be paid what you're worth. And if you're not worth much right now, you are allowed to change your value overnight. You are allowed to change your value. You're not going off of an employment report that says this job pays 42000 a year plus benefits. Maybe you need to make 42000 a month or 42000 a week or 42000 a day. See, that's up to you. That's the, one of the most beautiful things about self-employment is if you're not worth very much, you can change it and you can change it right away. And if your business is like many are, there's nobody who puts a price tag on you. 
your payment is equal to your value that you bring to society. And I promise you, that's exactly where you want it to be. The third reason for me was that I got to be paid what I was worth. And early on, man, I wasn't paid very much. I wasn't very good. Early on, I was bad at this thing, but I got a little better and I made a goal. Like I want to get one or 2% better every week. And in a year I was a hundred percent better or 50% better. And you, you know, it, the getting paid what you're worth has a responsibility. You must get better. You've got to get a little bit better. You must be more than proficient at what you do and all the other things that come with running a business. Number four, your work becomes an act of significance, not just success. We measure success in dollars. We measure significance in hugs and smiles and thank yous. You see, you can't buy those same smiles and thank yous with dollars. Those are things that have to be earned. Money comes and goes. But when somebody comes to you and says, man, where would I be without you? Man, thank you for getting me out of debt. Thank you for sticking by me. Thank you for going through this with me. That's an act of significance. That is not something many people get to enjoy in in the breadth of their lifetime. How does it feel when you genuinely make a difference in the lives of people? You get to really explore and define your purpose and your work is about more than just the money. Good thing, you can have both. Go build a life of significance and the success will follow. Here's one that was important to me, number five. You can start over every single day. You know, I, I wasn't very good in the financial biz when I started. I was, in fact, I was quite awful. Uh, some of the stories about me in the early days were just absolutely embarrassing. But you can start over every day. Failure is not final. Success is not permanent. And if you're not winning, maybe you're not ready. Maybe, maybe right now you're hearing this and for the first time you're realizing, you know, I'm just not that great at what I do. I love what I do. I had that moment about 1992 and I'd been in the business a good almost 10 years and it took me almost 10 years to realize you know you could be better didn't mean I was awful it just meant that I could be better and the better I got the more money I made and and it I began to realize hey I'm the problem and that is the single most liberating thing you'll hear in this country because when you are the problem not the government not the economy, not the weather, but when you're the problem, you're also the solution. You alone can fix it. And when I realized I could fix this thing and grow to any heights, that the history of my family made no difference. My mess ups before made no difference. You know, how bad I was at school made no difference. The family I came from made no difference. What made a difference simply was me forward. And I needed that freedom in my life and you can start over every day. There are countries in this world you can't start over. In fact, you can't even start. Yet here we are in America and you can literally start over every single day. The fifth reason for me why it was worth it was this ability, this opportunity to start over every day and to be able to encourage others. Hey, if you need a do-over, have a do-over. In golf, we call that a mulligan. Give yourself a mulligan in life. And if you need to start over, please start over. Lesson number six for me and why it was worth it was I had the opportunity to change my family's destiny. You know, uh, where there is no vision, the people perish. I came from a family that didn't have lots of money. If they did, they've been hiding it all these years. 
And we grew up in a certain way and I never really aspired to lots of money, but I did aspire to a certain lifestyle where we got to live indoors and live in a nice, you know, decent place. I, it wasn't about mansions and Mercedes. It was about something safe, you know, that where we could thrive. Um, but you get to change your family's destiny. You get to change the way your family views money. You can change the way your children view money and the way they view work and wages and opportunities. And I hope I have raised two children who are not able to be employed in the normal world. Uh, you know, I was just a different cat all over. But I want you to understand something. You are the greatest dream of your ancestors. What kind of price was paid that you and I are sitting right here, right where we are today in North America, with all of the wonderful accoutrements of life, electricity, clean water, food, automobiles, housing, central heat and air, and all of these wonderful things that make life great. See, our ancestors didn't have it as good as we have it today. Our richest ancestors don't live as well as our worst poor people in this country. You see, I think it's important to know that a price was paid. How many military people paved a trail that I might even exist today? It is a miracle as we do this talk in 2024. It is a miracle that I even exist. So I want to say thank you to those people. I can't do it verbally, but what I can do is by my work. What I can do is by the fruits of my labor. And uh, right now, somewhere in your family, right this minute, somebody is waiting for you. They believe in you, but they are waiting for you to step up. Nobody else. That responsibility is on you. It's not on somebody else. And is that heavy? Yeah. Yeah, that's a heavy one. They're waiting on you to step up. And it, you might be the mom or the dad or the brother or the sister, but they're waiting on you to step up and take control, waiting for you to step up and take control of a situation. And that, that thrusts you into leadership. And are those leadership roles limited by your experience? No, they're limited only by your ability to respond with what's at hand. You know, sometimes a situation happens and my wife's mother uh, went blind overnight and my wife was called upon. She was the youngest of seven children. Nobody really paid much attention to her. She was raised by a television set and her brothers and sisters were largely much older than her. But when her mother fell ill for the last 10 years of her life, it was my sweet wife, Katie, who absolutely stepped up with the daily duties to make sure that she could honor her mother by constant care, by stepping up and paying the price when nobody else was willing to do it. And sometimes in life, that price lands in your lap and you have a choice. Pay up or get out. And I get to watch people like my wife who stood up in the face of adversity, knowing that there would be great change, great difficulty. We, we have to give up time in order to help people. And she did it anyway. And I, I look at people like that and that changes our family destiny what you wish for. It doesn't give you what you hope for. It gives you what you take action in front of. Number six, you get to change your family's destiny. I hope I've been a train wreck to this generation of the Matthews family who've watched as I refused to get a job, who watched as I struggled, and who watched as we climbed up out of that. 
Number seven is for the person that you become in the process. And we mentioned this, that work is a self-development program with a compensation plan on the backside. See, you've got to be great at your thing. That's number one. You've got to have a thing that you want to do, whatever it is. Uh, and maybe it's public speaking, photography, video, skincare, real estate, but you must be great at it. Can you be mediocre? Well, yeah, if you want to have a mediocre life and if you have mediocre goals, then absolutely, you know, stay in the middle. But uh, for the person you become in the process, you have this opportunity of greatness. And greatness is not something bestowed upon somebody. It's not bestowed by luck. It is bestowed only to those willing to recognize that they need to be the right person. Maybe they're in the right place at the right time, but they also must be the right person. And if you're in a business today, man, you better get good at what you do. Number two, you better get really good at running your business, all the little nuances or hire somebody who can. Number three, you've got to be great at marketing. You've got to be great at putting yourself out there. And number four, you've got to be amazing taking care of your family. And you've got to balance your family and you've got to do the right thing for your family because you don't want to be who's who in business and who's he at home. And any four of those quadrants that fall will kill the other three as well. Make sure you're good at those four things. And that is on issue number seven for the person that you become in the process. Number eight, very simple. It is your destiny. Jeremiah 29, 11. Listen to these words. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Man, when the God of this universe, our creator, puts these words into motion for us that are more relevant today than at any other time, for I know the plans I have for you. I don't really have much to add to that because those are the words of God and I am not qualified to add on to them. But I believe we get to fulfill that rich destiny that we are called to, and I believe the best has yet to come. I'm kind of a funny guy. If I was 40, I always said, the thing you don't want to have at 50 is potential. And when I was 50, I said, the thing you don't want to have at 60 is potential. Go spend it. Go all in. Go all out. You know, take take a moment to give it everything you've got. And then I turned 60. And so the thing you don't want to have at age 72 is potential. But we are potent. We are powerful. We are explosive. These things we can do can be impactful. And it's not just some of us. It is every last one of us. Number nine, the obvious. You can become wealthy and have a great life. Oh, cash, money doesn't make you happy. Neither does poverty. Look, I've lived on both sides of that. And there is nothing wrong with making a lot of money. It's about the person that you become. If you become a jackweed, yeah, maybe that's a problem. But I know you people watching this aren't that. And I know that once you become wealthy, I think your acts of, of significance will increase. Think of what you would do with the money once all your bills were paid. And you literally had very little regard for money. What kind of life would you live? Me? I would run a dog farm. I'd go buy 50 acres and 10 veterinarians and just bring in all the dogs that are lost out there. Why? That's what I want to do. That's what's in my brain. I wanted to do that when I was a kid. And hey, if you're with me on that, hey, let's pool our efforts and make that happen. But after your toys, after the cars and boats and planes and houses, then what would you do with the money? Right here, this part, 
That's your heart speaking. This is your character coming to life. Are we called to be excellent? Absolutely, we are called to be excellent. If you're not satisfying block number one of you must be excellent at what you do, consider these words of Proverbs 22. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings and queens. He will not stand before the obscure man. Wow. God maybe just called somebody obscure, at least gave mention that obscure people exist. Don't be obscure. Be bold. Do something that's great. And I believe this quote is from Marianne Williamson, and I'd like to quote it if I can. Um, She says that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us the most. And we ask ourselves, well, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, and I'm throwing in successful? Actually, who are you not to be those things? You are a child of God. You playing small does not serve the world. There is not one thing enlightening about shrinking up so that the others around you won't feel insecure around you. We are born to manifest the glory of God that is within us, and it is within all of us. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people the permission to do the same. It is hard for me to imagine that God gave us this wonderful, beautiful imagination and the ability to think about and work on relationships and develop these things for a solution that benefits so many. It is impossible for me to believe that he would give us this mind and this imagination and then not give us the ability to go accomplish it. Friends, thank you for taking a listen. I believe that God has a plan for each of us, and I think part of it is just opening up to the possibilities. I want to thank you for being here on the Cash Flow Show today. And that, my friends, are the nine reasons why it's worth it. Thank you for being here. That's our show for today. Stay tuned for another riveting edition of Cash Flows. 